Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. The Mother Rucker podcast is sponsored by Baby Tula, a global leader in ergonomic and comfortable carriers. Tula's mission is to give parents confidence and support and help them keep doing what they love while being reflective of their own personal style through a range of stunning designs. As an inclusive brand, Tula offers carriers for all ages and stages from birth up to around seven years to empower families of all kinds throughout their unique parenting journeys. Make sure you check them out and choose your favourite design. And welcome to the Mother Rucker podcast. My name is Lizanne and I'm here to chat to you about all things sling every single week. With me today is busy Austin Deco, founder and owner of Joy and Joe Baby, author of Befriending Adversity, a motivational and inspirational speaker, and she is a Labour Party councillor. Busy, hello. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Lizanne. Thank you for inviting me. You're so welcome. Um, so on top of all of your amazing career achievements to date, um, just tell us a bit more about yourself. Tell us about your, uh, tell us about your family. What do they look like? <laughs> Thank you. Lovely question. So yes, I'm a mom to two beautiful children who I absolutely adore, Joy and Joseph. And um, so Joy is my first, my uh, first child, and Joseph is my second. He, he should be the baby of the house, but he's almost as tall as I am. <laughs> so uh, Joy is approximately 13 years old, and Joseph is 11. And I'm also married to Maya, and we both run Joy and Joe together. And we live in St. Helens, and yes, that's really a summary there is so much about us but i thought okay let's let's just do a quick summary <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's your core family unit at the moment lovely and what was your career before you had kids what were you doing before you had joy and joe and you created joy and joe what were you doing so before I created Joe and Joe as a brand, I I was already sort of like in the creative industry, if you get what I mean. I was doing stuff that I had to do. I was doing, I was in business. And so I was actually making um, baby products, um, organic baby products, handmade baby products, things that were already related to uh, babies and, and parenting. So I was making reusable baby wipes. So, and I think that was just um, basically due to the fact that I have a background in design and tailoring so i was usually just doing that because you know at the time my book kids they've got two years in between and so both of them were around about under five so my actual priority then was to mainly survive the day every single day mm. i was just doing it for okay let's see if mommy can get some extra extra money to buy socks and things like that toys you know just sort of like on a really low key then during the day I was running the child care business I was an Austin registered child care provider and so that was during the day 
And so I was looking after all the children and my children. And then at night, I would bring out my sewing machine and my conservatory. So I was already already in the creative industry, if you get what I mean, prior to starting Joy and Joe as a brand. And before you had Joy and Joe, you said you got a, you had a career already in a background of design and textiles. What did you do before you had kids? So prior to having kids, well, initially I was mainly studying, mainly studying. I was doing my postgraduate. And then alongside that, I was actually in uh, the textile and design industry, mainly apparel. So I was mainly into uh, cloth making, design, you know, pattern drafting. So mainly just looking at some particular um, designs or clothes and actually trying to draft their patterns. And that was really what I was into. I was doing that alongside studying. Oh, awesome. If it all makes sense that you started a woven rep brand, which is obviously so successful, but, and that's considering your background, that's just perfect. Like combining the two things you love and your passions, like, of course, how did I not know that? Anyway, um, lovely. So when did you start carrying? I started carrying way before I had my children you know a long time before I had my children and I think that's just the beautiful thing about my baby wearing um, history or story so mm. I was already carrying you know my nieces and nephews I was helping my aunts and uncles to you know and this is you know this is something that's actually part of our culture um back in Africa, you you do expect it to nurture, to to look after those that are actually coming behind. So it was actually natural for me to actually um, evolve into a mother, if you get what I mean, because I was already carrying. So mm. I was doing that. And it wasn't for what my, it wasn't because of the biscuits and sweets that my aunties were giving to me or something. It was mainly because I was enjoying it. As a reward for carrying the babies. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I was, I was around about age 15 will be around about the age that I started, you know, carrying. I was in a budding house, but during the holidays, I, I would go to my auntie's uh, house and help her with the children. I mean, apart from even carrying, you would also wash for them. So you can imagine, we're talking about cloth diapers today. We had proper cloth diapers that you have to hand wash. <laughs> that was proper labor, you know, but yes, that was all part of the... Of course. That was all part of the support system. You know, you, you have to help others. You have to help your family. And yes, yeah, so I was already carrying. And so I was already looking forward to, oh, one day I'm going to be an adult myself and I'm also going to carry my children. It wasn't something that I thought I might do. It was something I thought I had to do because it was part and parcel of our culture. Yeah, yeah. And where whereabouts in Africa did you grow up? Nigeria. In Nigeria? Nigeria a place called Kurudu don't worry about pronouncing it <laughs> it my mum actually grew up in Lagos oh she did yeah my aunt and uncle were born there so oh, I'm from Lagos State so Kurudu falls on the Lagos State yes that's really lovely no carrying for her though sadly <laughs> but yeah um no I only ask obviously because um I'm aware that in Africa um uh there are different styles of carrying and 
as part of um, African culture, like, and it's quite different to the UK. So when you said you started carrying at 15, what, what did that carrier look like? Okay, so the carrier was mainly uh, what you would call your kanga right now. Okay, so you would actually call that a kanga, but we didn't call it a kanga then. So what you find is um, Africa in itself, we've got diverse tribes, so my tribe, mm. we, we had our own tribal uh, names for our, our career, but you'll find that it is essentially quite similar across um, most countries in Africa, but each of the tribes, you know, there are hundreds, hundreds and thousands of tribes um, in Nigeria and Africa. So each of us have different dialects and words for you know things especially our carriers and so we call us oja you know Euro oja so we so it was and it's very colorful and it's really what what, what you would call a kanga you know that was it mm. yeah so for people who may not know what a kanga is um could would you mind just describing it for us quickly okay so it's um essentially a rectangular piece of um mostly cotton although these days now you have a lot of adulteration in terms of um synthetic fibers which originally usually natural um you, you know fibers um and then you would have all sorts of patterns, colors. In some cultures in Africa, you would have some text also written on there. And those texts have meanings and interpretations. Even the shapes as well will also have uh, meanings and interpretations, but they're usually very colorful and beautiful. And so that really is essentially what it is. But um, I'm from the Yoruba tribe and we also had some additional things that we used uh for carrying and there's one that is like a sash that's the easiest way to describe it and the sash mm. i find that it is a not very not very many people know about this sash but what you do is apart from your kanga you actually use that as an additional support under the bum of your baby so it goes ah. yeah so you you actually use that so it's actually two cloth you have your larger piece which is a really colorful one and then you then have your it's like a sash and you then put that over the it's almost like under the bum of your baby but it got slightly above it's easier doing it than actually saying it if you get what i mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so that's sort of a you know how it is really <laughs> yeah 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 oh i had no idea and obviously yeah, the diversity between all the hundreds of thousands of tribes of Africa and how intricate all those different cloths and carries would have been. Well, still are. Yes. Given what you know now, <laughs> what would you say is your favourite carrier? That is a tough question because... It's hard. Yes, because the thing is, I like... There is always something that I like in different carriers. You know, you know, if you bring a wrap, I'll tell you what I like. If you bring a ring sling, I'll tell you what I like in it, a buckle. But I think fundamentally for me, a wrap really just, it is, it's very close to my origin. It's very close to my foundation, if you get what I mean. So um, I would say a wrap is my favorite and um, whilst like i said there are things that i there are elements or things that i like in 
other styles in other carriers but i'd say a wrap essentially whether it's a stretchy or a woven i'll say a wrap is my favorite it's the versatile it's the fact that it is very versatile it is really close to how i was brought up you know that really was how that was really all i knew you understand rap uh you know how we sort of wrap our babies and so i just think the wrap is really just close to what i know so that's probably what i would say is my i'll probably say a wrap is my favorite but like i said i also do like some i mean i'm into ring slings as well and things so yeah there are things that i like about ring slings they are, you know, say carriers generally, they, you know, carriers have their pros and cons. You know, you find that there will be, mm. you know, things you like in a particular style of carrier, um, in a carrier, you know, so yeah. No, I, I have the same problem trying to pick a favorite carrier <laughs> as well. <laughs> but yeah. So um, were you carried as a baby then yourself? Yes. Uh, yes yeah yes I was and I would say that and uh, that story is, is is a really emotional one because my mom is no longer with us and um, when I just remember it I'm just happy that um, my mom shared these moments with us you know she yeah part of growing up was having my mom sit all of us down you know we'll all sit down on the floor and then she will she will sit down on a slightly raised stool and then tell us stories and i'm just glad that my mom shared the story with me and you know my siblings i'm just really happy because yes she she was always very proud of the fact that she actually carried us even though it was part of our culture and i think there were specific things that just made her feel emotional anytime she talked about my experience I, I think i think apart from the fact that i was the first child there were some things that just really made her feel quite emotional so my mom is fair-skinned and you know quite obviously i look a lot like my dad and so whenever my mom carries me she said people always say to her that she's taking somebody else's baby <laughs> Yes, no. yeah. we're distinctly, and that's why if you see my siblings, they actually, you know, they actually, I would say I'm the darkest of my siblings. So my mom um, would have me on her back and then we're like, you need to give that baby back to the owner. You need to give that oh. back to the rightful owner. <laughs> so my mom was always saying that, like, you've always been like this, Missy, like, you know, even though I know that I'm your mom, but people always said that you didn't look anything like me and things. <laughs> and then she also told Oh no, your poor mother. <laughs> I know, I know. And then she also shared uh, this funny story about, and I think uh, when I was doing my consultancy training, I actually shared the story with the, um, you know, and I was just sharing about my background. The story is quite funny. Uh, so my mom had me on the back. She was in a queue in a bank. And I don't think I was talking at the time, probably under a year or something. But she said that um, I was actually making faces to the person behind her on the queue. I was making faces and we're actually communicating non-verbally. It was a man who would make a few you know, you make a face and then I'll make a face back to him like, ah, and then, you know, some things, funny, funny faces. And then later on, he sort of came to my mom and said, how old is that child on your back? She is so cheeky. You know, obviously he said it's in our <laughs> local dialect. He said it's in our local dialect. And he was like, wow, that child is a character. 
Oh, that's so cute. Oh, bless. So how old, I mean, do you know how old you were when your mum stopped carrying you or how old your siblings were when she stopped carrying them? Like, I actually, well, I actually wish I knew exactly when, but um, I cannot say exactly I cannot say exactly when my mom stopped carrying us, um, but because obviously I have to depend on what I have to depend on the stories that she said, and I also have pictures. Yeah, of, I also have pictures as well of myself on my mother's back, you know. But I do know that um, even after my mom has had my siblings, there were many times where she's also she's also carried me despite that she's had. So even though my uh, siblings were, um, I would say that. The gap isn't too wide, but I do know very well that even even when I was above one, my mom still it was some sort of it's something to do with bonding and you know not just it's not just transportation it was also that family bond so I do know very well that I have seen pictures where I look slightly older and my mom would carry me and even when you're older than even when you're already walking I do know very well from my background and family stories and things i've seen that usually when you're well and they always say that uh, when you're well is really when you get this special attention so even when you're 15 and you're well you would you will see your mom actually attempted to put you on the back yes (laughs) yeah so so it's usually just as the instant oh you're not well right quick on my back then you're poorly time for a carry exactly so usually you'll find that um, if any of us you know is unwell that's really when we tend to get that special and we always always uh look forward to that i would be like uh you know and so sometimes we always tease ourselves as among my siblings we'd be like you're not really or well you just want to go on mommy's back and things like that (laughs) you know oh that's so lovely and that you have that memory of enjoying it and being close and oh that's gorgeous busy that's gorgeous thank you um so i know we've touched a bit on Nigerian culture with carrying well and African culture with carrying um but just to give everyone a bit more of an idea who may not know um how common is carrying in Nigeria where you grew up obviously it's on the up now in 2020 in the UK but obviously back in Africa when you were growing up back in Nigeria how how common was it to baby wear so um, I think you're very, very correct now that things are changing. Things are definitely changing. But I would say that from, you know, those days growing up, baby wearing, even though it wasn't even temporary wearing, we just do it and we don't really have names or sort of yeah. for it. So I'd say that that was the main way of nurturing your baby. That was really all I saw you understand so yeah that was and i think there is something that i always tell people i don't think they should be ashamed of it but i think it surprises people because some people don't tend to realize that some of us never saw a pram until we actually stepped into <laughs> into Heathrow airport yeah we just never we just never used it you know it just yeah yeah it just looks like wow you know where you can just have your baby on your back all that the wheels and all that i was like oh my god you know <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it i love it we never used these equipments um you know prams and pushchairs and all 
predominantly carrying. It was just natural. It was something that was passed on from generation to generation. And so, yes, as you can imagine, and I guess um, until I really started sharing about my background, uh, because I've been in the UK for um, a long time, I think some people didn't actually realize that I've had to evolve into into the British and I think definitely it's because I have immersed myself in every aspect every aspect of community life so people don't tend to realize that actually you know it, it has taken a lot of uh, learning if you get what I mean to oh yeah exactly so a lot of learning and yes yeah <laughs> yeah no I, I agree with you on the prams we we gave up on our pram when Dexter was four months um, that's when it went on a shelf just because I was, I was carrying, it was so much easier. It was so much less faff. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah, obviously the difference in cultures and how, you know, prams became the mode of carrying your baby in the UK. Yet obviously in Africa and Nigeria where you grew up, it was never lost and you kept, you kept the carrying, which, yeah, which we're now rediscovering. Joy and Joe, uh, the brand. You obviously the name is after your children, and you mentioned that you were starting to make children's organic clothes when they were smaller, things like that. At, at what point did it start to evolve into deciding to make um, wraps? Did you, did you, you start with wraps, didn't you? Yes, yes, I did. So I started with stretchy wraps. Um, it was very gradual. It was really gradual. I mean, I think I am one of those uh, brand owners who I would say that I got into the industry um, very uh, sort of organically, if you, get, if you get what I mean. It was very, very, uh, it was a very gradual process. So I had my children, then there was, there was a particular occasion where I was having a chat with a particular midwife, and then she was talking to me about skin to skin care. You see, like I did, um, like I said earlier on, there, there are lots of things that we practice back home in Africa, but we don't necessarily attach names to them or terminologies. And so the whole idea about skin to skin, and I think it's because um, my book, Children Pass to the NICU, and those who know the Joy and Joe story will be very familiar with the very difficult start that my book, Children, uh, had. And so the uh, midwife was talking to me about skin to skin saying, look, you know, um, skin to skin can really benefit your child. You know, you can exchange uh, body temperature, you know, all sorts of benefits, you know, mm -hmm. colic, reflux, the benefits are huge. We're not talking about skin to skin in detail right now. So probably not going into detail. And so when she talked to me about it, and then I didn't realize that what they had on the NICU, which I was given at the time um, as a mom, because every mom in the world was actually given that particular, I wouldn't call this a carrier, it's a piece of clothing. It was uh, a shirt. And then that shirt, yes, it was just a simple shirt. And then you were told to uh, tilt, recline your body so that your baby will not drop. So there was nothing to hold your baby to you, but... Oh, right. So you know the way skin to skin is when you, if if you've if uh, if you've been uh, through the NICU, they actually put a screen so you're allowed to take off your underwear and then you have your baby on your chest. Your baby is stripped down to the nappies because they really do want you to have exchange of temperature of you know bodily heat or whatever. 
And so I was then questioning the whole process that, okay, do you want me to bond? Because, you know, seeing your baby in that box, in that incubator, it's very difficult. And then they might tell you, oh, in two, three days, then you're going to be, you're, you're going to be able to hold your child. Fingers crossed, everything goes well with, with your child's breeding and everything. And then on that day, you didn't realize that you cannot be hands-free. If you're holding your child for an hour, you have to hold on to your child like that. And I started thinking, there has to be a better way, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, there just has to be a better way. Then I was talking to her, I said, this actually reminds me of how we used to carry um, back home and things like that. And she was like, you know, and I think she was thinking at the time that maybe it's because um, my uh, son was poorly. Maybe that's why I was sort of like, you know, when you're passing through the NIC, it's a very, very traumatic sort of process and I guess she didn't realize that I was actually um scrutinizing the old thing it wasn't just about the fact that it was a traumatic experience I was thinking to myself your baby can actually fall out if you accidentally sleep which <laughs> thankfully that would never happen because there's usually a nurse not too far away but actually that is if you think about risk assessment that can happen you know there is no harness or anything it's just a shirt but it does, mm. so it's nothing to hold. So I was saying to her, but you know, this actually reminds me of how we used to carry. And I, I just think there's a better way so that at least your hands can be free. You can use your hands to either rock your baby or you can read a book or you can read to your baby and things like that. And so that's really where, because you just don't, for me, I think I'm just, you know, one of the runners that I just didn't wake up one day and just got on the sewing machine and just started making the product. You know, it all started with the process in my head and thinking there just has to be a better way of doing something, you know, doing something and thinking about my background and bringing everything together. And that's really how it grew. And at the time, it was mainly stretch wraps. And I think, as you can imagine, I think that's why they say something about inspiration. Sometimes when you have an inspiration for something, you won't realize that there's already someone somewhere maybe doing it. I didn't even realized that the stretcher up thing was a thing if you get what i mean i was thinking about my and the needs of moms on the nicu that we should be able to hold our babies you know without worrying that our babies will fall out and things like that something stretchy that can hold our babies to our our chest and so that was how i started to um brainstorm and then walk on these and just because I was already into design and textures and tailoring, I was able to work on this product gradually, but I was thinking more of something to help myself. So at the time, uh, because obviously my son was in hospital, so it was it was really when uh, you know, the kids were back home and a lot more settled. That was really when I started thinking, okay, maybe this can actually be, uh, because obviously being at home with the kids and running the childcare business during the day. And I thought, well, during my spare moments in the evenings, I can actually do this, you know, um, mm -hmm. to what I'm doing. And that's how I started. But like I said at the beginning, the scale of the business right now, 10 years after right now, um, which is fantastic, 10 years now, I really did not see that at the beginning. Because at the time, I was just thinking of, you know, that unit with moms, you know, just thinking of that time. I wasn't thinking, you know, it was very, very organic, very, very gradual. And so that's really how the brand started. And that's why I always say that stretchy wraps are our first love. You know, 
we did evolve into woven wraps and i'm just glad you know the other there was a time where woven wraps were um you know like we're really going into limited releases it was so busy and i did put up a, a post saying oh should we just stop should we um halt our stretchy wrap uh production and just focus on woven wraps because we're really releasing you know it was really busy for us and a lot of our customers then said no actually we found you because of your uh stretchy wrap story skin skin story please don't and so i think it's great and i'm glad that we did not stop we didn't forget our first love <laughs> even though we're into uh woven wraps now wrinklings and even branching out very soon which obviously i, I don't want to mention lots of new products coming soon so yeah i'm glad that stretchy wraps are <laughs> i'm glad they are too because oh. Obviously, I was uh, one of your brand ambassadors the year that Trixie was born, um, and uh, and I got one of your gorgeous orange SMP stretchies, um, which we took to hospital because um, I was having a C-section, and this was Trixie's first carrier because um, Neil took it into theatre with us um, and put it on ready so that as soon as she came out and I had my cuddles I could pass her straight over to him and he had already whipped his shirt off by this point as well so she was just in happy he was bare chested so that he could wear her in this straight away so this your joy and joe stretchy was her first ever sling her first ever carry um so yeah thank you for that <laughs> and I haven't sold it she's two now and I can't I can't bring myself to sell it <laughs> Oh, thank you so much for sharing that with me. I definitely remember Trixie. I definitely do. Thank you so much. I mean, those are one of the special moments in my career, you know, in this industry. I think just seeing the little babies, I mean, I just feel privileged to be part of your story, you know, to see the, I think one day they'll be graduating from college, from uni, and I'll be like, I actually know that little girl when she was a baby in my rap, in my product. <laughs> that's it that's it well you you carried her as well yes, I, um, yes yeah nbcc nearly two years ago oh gosh um yeah you carried her in a, a wrap there as well for me to give me a break <laughs> and she was really really lovely really lovely <laughs> yeah she's got a lot more to say now that she's two <laughs> but yeah <laughs> Lizanne. Lizanne? Lizanne! Oh, sorry Jenny. I was totally immersed in this article about baby wearing in the latest issue of Juno magazine. Juno magazine? What's it about? Oh, it's a great magazine, all about a natural approach to family life. They focus on conscious parenting, sustainability, community and well-being. Also, most of their articles are written by real-life families, like this one about two dads sharing their adoption story. Oh, wow. What else is there? An article on postnatal recovery, one on the power of touch, and one called Why I Carry. It's fab, Jenny. They even have a lush seasonal recipes for you to try at home, competitions, and regular columnists, like including The Mindful Dad. Fantastic. Is it new? No, they've actually been supporting parents for 15 years now. 15 years? I know. They're constantly evolving with our rapidly changing times and reflect modern parenting values in the light of new research. 
Each issue is built around information, inspiration and inclusion. Ooh, that sounds good. It really is. They include supportive features from families sharing their experiences, articles and product reviews to help you make sustainable choices and they aim to make everyone feel welcome in the community. I'm glad you've mentioned sustainability because as a cloth bum mum, I am eco-conscious. Well, you'll be glad to know that Juno magazine is printed on responsibly sourced paper and if you take out a subscription, you get access to their full digital back catalogue. So I can read their full digital back catalogue on my laptop, my tablet and my phone? Yep, and they'll even send you a free gift when you subscribe. Plus, subscription issues are sent with free UK delivery. I'm sold. How do I subscribe? It's so easy. Just pop over to www.junomagazine.com and sign up. Brilliant! The Mother Rucker podcast is sponsored by Integra Baby, a family-run UK business who don't compromise on ethics and sustainability. Integra stands for the future and they believe that with the right choices, we can nurture our babies and our planet. For over a decade, Sarah and her team have worked tirelessly to bring you baby, toddler and preschool carriers of the highest quality. The multi-award winning Integra design is an industry leader and their stunning range of limited edition prints, colours and fabrics such as Harris Tweed make Integra carriers extremely desirable and collectible. With an equally attractive price point and a range of carrying positions available, Integra baby carriers are an absolute must for anyone looking to carry their child. Find yours now at integrababy.co.uk. I honestly, like, yeah, um, I've also got my green SMP here. This is in my personal stash as well. Um, this, this isn't going, this is perma stash. This is being saved for grandchildren as well, Busy, because I just, I've got close to selling it a couple of times, but I've backed out every time because I just can't let it go. Because um, the colour's beautiful and the SMP design, um, it's just, I, I love it. It's just one of my all-time favourites. Um, and yeah, this is the quad blend as well. So it's really, really strong. So it was brilliant when I was pregnant and having Dexter on my back. And then it's because I've broken it in it's so incredibly soft as well so even though it's thick when I had Trixie it it held her beautiful I didn't even need a knot wow because she was so light and the wrap was so thick I didn't even need a knot it just stayed yeah it was magic oh that is amazing absolutely magic that is such amazing feedback I think what I love about your baby wearing um maybe wearing lifestyle is the fact that I noticed that you actually use your wraps a lot. And that is so heartwarming. Honestly, we, we get tons of questions about um, woven wraps, especially breaking in, you know. And I would say, look, the best way to break in your wrap is to love your wrap, is to use it. Use it, you know. Don't be scared. You know, it's not a fragile piece of uh, textile. Don't be afraid to use it. To, you know, you actually use it. That's why I'm not surprised that your wrap is so floppy. I can already see how floppy, well loved and used it is. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what they're like when they come off the loom. Like when I first got this straight from the loom, I was like, oh my God, it's a beast. What have I done? But then like, it did not take long. It's probably because I was using it all the time, like you say. Um, but yeah, it did not take long and it is so, so floppy. It's, it's just stunning. But then all your wraps are. So talk to me about the SMP design. So its full name is Shiver Me Paisley, yeah. isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So I think it's probably the design that Joy and Joe is best known for. Um, so tell me about it. Where did it come from? 
Do you know, actually, today I was thinking about our 10th anniversary as a brand, just thinking about plans and things. And then I actually come across an earlier post, uh, um, an earlier post that we made about the fact that a lot of people believe that or think that our SMP was our first uh, design, woven wrap design. But actually, our Maxi Roses was our very first. Yes, those... Uh, Ah. roses the big roses and you know we just have the roses the petals was actually our first um woven wrap design well i think what's special about the shivemi paisley is the fact that when we launched that design it, it really just started it really just started as a poll i said okay what about customers that suggest that we uh weave this you know at the time we had a lot of stripes on, you know, in the industry, stripes and really, really conservative designs, very straightforward stripes or polka dots, just mainly stripes, rainbows. It was really, and then you had these really quirky design. It was really eye catching. It started as a poll. I said, what do you think? Oh my God, you, you still need to scroll down. I know you probably need to scroll a lot to that, you know, that post. We probably had, Oh God, hundreds of comments, both by email, by the Facebook post. Obviously, then Facebook wasn't even limiting posts. So we had a lot of response. And people were like, oh my God, this will be amazing. We've been waiting for something like this. You know, this, so the SP design, I would say, is a customer led design where at the time we're already into um, a woven wrap industry, you know, woven wraps. But it really was something that got people talking. It got people talking about, it got people talking about joy and joy. And what people don't realize is that it goes with my personality because I'm someone who is fun. I'm someone who, I'm sure like you can already tell from my personality that I also love to experiment with patterns and colors. And so when that customer actually um, approached us, I said, okay, I'm going to find out and see if there are other people out there who would love to have a woman run by this, because I was also worried that, you know, um, some people might feel to conservate and let's just stick with our stripes, you know, mm. you know, but the response was amazing. People were literally thanking me and saying that this is so, so iconic because it's so, it's just so, it's just so different. And people were just tired of the norm. People were just tired of something usual. People wanted something unusual, you know. And yes, and that that really was how the SMP was born. I responded to what customers wanted and I created and I, and we just, and I think it is that even in the weaving house, the weavers are talking about the SMP, you know, all the time. They're still talking about it. Yes. You know, sometimes when we, you know, sometimes when I go to the finishes, I have weavers, I have finishes engaging me and asking me about the design and asking me questions. So this is definitely a head turner because it, it, it is, it is not whilst the SP has been there for years now it is not your usual uh sort of like uh woven wrap so it is sort of wraps that fits certain personalities it gets heads turning so it is that wrap that got people talking about joy joe but like i mentioned about the max roses that yes i do like to tell people and let people know that actually joe joe we have tons of other designs we, we even have a cat yes we have like lots of other design, but you'll find that the SAP is the most talked about 
joy and joe overwrap design for very obvious reasons you know it's a very very unique quirky design it is and i've got it in many many more iterations as well behind me you can see i've got a cosmic rainbow yes as a ring sling behind me and then uh they're out they're out on hire at the moment but i've also got a hot chili um and uh and i've got the smp lasagne oh my gosh do you know do you know it's so emotional it's out on hire at the moment otherwise i'd show it to you but it's out on hire <laughs> it's so emotional actually uh talking about some of these design wraps because even though the smp design um has been there for many years but those colorways are actually sold out and like i said weaving is something that's part and parcel of my family and there is a lot of interaction involved and this particular uh, wrap uh, release that's a cosmic rainbow, the, the weaving house that will be for us actually closed down. And so, yes, oh, no. actually very, it's very special. I don't think we made any special announcement. Some people in our close circles, in some close groups, I think ambassadors, we did say to them that whilst we have, um, our current weaving house. So we do want to let people, you know, people understand that actually the baby wearing industry is capable of revitalizing the weaving, the UK weaving industry. Because I have seen weaving mm. houses close, you know, I've seen weaving houses close. And I think it's just important that we keep the industry uh, moving and growing because I, you know, just seeing, seeing this particular uh, wrap and knowing that our actual current weaving house, the, the weaving loom weaves in a very different way. So there can never be a cosmic rainbow. Even if we try to replicate the, the exact colors, the texture is gonna be different. Weaving is very specific to each weaver, how they weave. So yes, whoever owns it, not trying to create any sort of panic, but there is a story behind it. I feel emotional. I was very sad when I was called to a meeting and advice that look we're going to close down this happens to a lot of industries in the uk sadly they closed down and yes it was very very emotional which is why our current weaving house you know we are working really hard i know that this year we've had covid and it's been tough you know because weaving involves a lot of interaction we are doing a lot of video conference uh video calls and it's not the same as me being there physically in the weaving house and so yes i was worried and saying look if the last existing weaving house closes it's going to be a shame to have to go far away to actually weave we like the fact that exactly. we are doing everything locally and so yes that's the reason why i felt quite emotional seeing seeing that because it comes in a lot of it's not just about the weaving the people the staff i interact with the design team i just remember their faces and i just feel sad that you know they've actually lost their jobs you know it's just sad you know yeah no that is heartbreaking that because some of these wraps um obviously costs are justified but other brands may inflate their prices to create desirability and those inflated prices aren't passed back to the weaving houses that they use obviously um, so it is wonderful to hear that, you know, you are a big supporter of the weavers and you do want to keep that industry going and you want your supply chain to stay as small and as local as possible. Yes. 
yes that that is really really important to us really really important to us apart from the convenience you know the fact that i can easily just um you know i can just get to the weaving house you know i don't have to fly in a plane i can just get there in a couple of minutes it's really really important to us but apart from that convenience it's really important to us to feel that as a brand we are very very socially responsible we we are actually ethical that we are actually doing something to to keep the weaving industry alive there are many times that we go to the weaving house and we don't even end up weaving we just sit down with our weavers you know he's a much older man and he just tells us stories and stories and stories it is quite interesting now that our weaver is is that old that he, he has passed on his weaving which is beautiful it's, it's sort of thing you experience in africa as well parents pass on knowledge to their children now his son is now doing he has basically trained his son and the son is now in charge of the weaving and all that it's just beautiful and i just really hope and uh, whilst this year obviously it's been well-being and survival for a lot of families you know we haven't done any weaving this year but i I'm hoping that um, very soon things will get back to you. you know those weaving videos? I would go and I'll post weaving videos, live videos, answer questions right from the weaving house. I miss that. I really miss that. And I'm really hoping that life will get back to, well, I think people said life can never get back to normal. If you know that what exactly well, is normal. Exactly. <laughs> <It's> normal. Definitely, <laughs> yeah. So as Joy and Joe Baby has grown, you've mentioned obviously it's been nearly 10 years now. Um, what, how, have you faced any adversities from when you started off making your stretchy wraps to the now global brand that you have? Yes, definitely. I have faced adversity. Um, I have, um, I've actually talked about these in some other interviews and I even wrote a book on some of the personal adversity that I have faced and um, not just my personal life, but also in my business life. And you see, the thing is, when you're running a business, um, I think it's important for people to realize that um, the business is also like a family member, if you get what I mean. I even see it as... Uh, as I'm growing, as my children are growing, the business is also growing as well. And I have to be honest, yes, this year I do, I haven't, like I said, I haven't really talked about it because it's been a really difficult time for everybody, the COVID, but actually the growth has been phenomenal this year. You know, people are spending more time with each other, more babies are born, <laughs> but I don't think that. Lots of lockdown <laughs> babies on the way, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have to say that um, over the years, some of the challenges I've faced have been in terms of just managing family life, you know, because you cannot really separate your family life from your business life. And so um, one of the things um, I shared in a particular interview I granted was when I was pregnant and then I was really already setting aside my personal stash, you know, because, you know, there is always this general thing about um, once you're above three months, you're sort of like already, you are fine, you're absolutely fine. And then I was like, already like into my third trimester and then it happened. And then I was really, really shocked. I wasn't expecting it. It really did set me back a bit. Of course. I did. Did I actually say a bit? Oh gosh. I'm just glad I'm, I'm back on my feet. Yeah. Really me emotionally a lot 
So I mean, when you're going through things like that, you really do wonder if you would ever be back on your feet, if you would ever gain that strength to be back to your feet. So I'm saying that around the time I started sort of like getting back to my feet, in February, that was when COVID sort of happened, round about. So I'm really hoping that, yes, I think the pandemic has given us a chance to rest. I think one of the key things I said about my experience, losing my baby, is the fact that it is important if you're going through adversity as a business owner to know that it is okay for you to pause. You can pause, you rest, but don't give up. If you get what I oh, mean, yeah. but don't give up. I'm just glad that even though I was tempted to, because I, I just felt like, you know, I have worked so hard. I really deserve to wrap my own baby, <laughs> you know, again. And so, yes, I was very, very distraught, you know, which obviously I don't want to go into the exact details. I've had apologies. The hospital, it wasn't, it wasn't something that was supposed to happen. But anyway, it took me a while to get my, I'm just glad for my support yeah. system. The ambassadors were fantastic. And Lorna was working with us, uh, was really, really supportive as well. My husband, huge, huge supporter. You know, no matter how I'm feeling on some days, it always reminds me of the tons of families who love the Joy and Joe brand and just saying that, you know, if anything, I should think about them. You know, I should just think about them. And so that that really was just something that just sort of like gradually just helped me to get back on mm. my feet. Uh, also just thinking of the fact that my two children, their names are part and parcel. Joy and Joseph, their names are part and parcel of the brand. And when you look at children who have disabilities, which my both children, uh, they both have disabilities, they are fighters. They never give up. I can't, I can't think of any other inspiration apart from that. So I just thought, you know, these are little children who've been through a lot and all that in hospital growing up. So why should I give up? And so, yeah, that, that really was how I went. That's like a summary. I actually put it in a book. Yeah. And I'm not opening but it's because i've had a lot of interest in even before that happened to me slightly recently the fact that i'm a mom and carer to two children who have complex disabilities um, even outside the baby wearing sphere i get a lot of interest in in my business story my personal life asking questions and i think also because i'm also involved in politics as well so i decided okay Rather than answer questions here and there, things I can put everything into a book. And that really is the reason why I really set aside the time during the pandemic to put everything into a book. It's still impossible to put every single thing that's happened over the years in a book. But I think I tried my yes, best. Yes, <laughs> of course, of course. And I, yeah, I'm so sorry for your loss. Losing a baby is, is awful. No matter yeah, what stage of pregnancy you're at, it's just... It's heartbreaking. I, I lost one um, between Dexter and Trixie as well. So I'll be lighting a candle in October as well as, you know, we all do. But yes, I'm so sorry for your loss, Bissy. Thank you. Thank you. And honestly, um, I, I, I hope the viewers are aware because this is not scripted. So, you know, I did not expect to talk about it. You understand? So it's just basically from my heart. So, yeah, I, my apologies. If anyone is affected, I apologize. Yeah, I'll I'll put a little comment at the beginning so people are aware that we discuss it later on. But yeah, thank you. Um, 
So what does the future of Joy and Joe Baby look like, if you can tell me anything? Beautiful! Everything about you and the brand is beautiful. <laughs> as colourful and vibrant and gorgeous as the Joy and Joe brand. We are very fun. We're a very fun and friendly brand. We have a lot of plans. Honestly, I'm so, right now, I am like bursting with a lot of excitement because the future is so bright for the brand. There's so, so many things we have, you know, in store for families. I am just really, really excited. Some of the things are things that some of our ambassadors are aware of that we've shared with some of our ambassadors. And we've also shared in our close group, Join Joe, Baby Word, FSOT and Chatter. We've shared some of these ideas. And I'm just really excited to let everyone know that whilst we haven't done some of those things, that we've not forgotten, we have them in mind. So that's why I said I'm so excited for the future. I am really, really excited. So some people have been waiting for us to do some things that we are going to do. So I'm here to tell you as well that we've not forgotten. <laughs> you know, we those things are going to happen. There are really, really lots of exciting things to come that obviously I cannot mention right now because I don't want to put a date to it and then one way or the other. You know how things work sometimes. Oh, yeah. Work. So, but just knowing that there's so much happening behind the scene that I cannot wait to introduce you to some of the new things, new products, new, new, just new initiatives from Join Joe. I'm just really excited for the future. It's bright, very bright. Amazing. Thank you, Busy. Okay, final question. Uh, what is your top tip for carrying for parents and caregivers? Lovely question. So I will advise uh, parents to always trust their instincts. This is so, so important. Always, always trust your instinct. You use a manual, it's there as a guide, your sling librarians are there, your consultants, but it is important. I mean, if, if, if anything, your baby carrier is, I would say that you are first and foremost a caregiver, if you understand what I mean. Maybe, you know, carrier is only there to help. You have to trust your instinct all the time. And so with your carrying, let, let it just come naturally to you. Let it come naturally to you. There are sometimes, like with wrapping especially, and I think this is why sometimes we have parents who tend to actually gravitate towards buckles because they think, oh, it's quick and easy. But I'd say that, um, like I mentioned earlier, that I'm a huge advocate for wrapping in particular. But I want to let parents know that when you actually pick your new wrap. It might not always be for love at first sight all the time, but I want you to persevere. I want you to know that you will grow in love with your wrap, especially if you're completely new to baby wearing as a brand. We experience a lot of new baby wearers. And one thing that we always say to some of them when they talk about lens, all oh, the lens and things like that is, you know, just keep practicing. And a lot of them tell me, oh, after, after some, uh, 
practice. Wow, this is amazing. I'm just glad I didn't give up. Like you said, it is so, so important. You know, like I said, first of all, always trust your instincts. And I think the reason why I mentioned that first is because of my experience of special needs. And sometimes you have doctors and professionals, but usually parents know first. Parents always know first when something is possibly wrong. Yes. So always trust your instincts. Moms, I have to say, moms and dads, we always know we always know best. So don't let anyone shut you up and say, Oh, you're just making things up. Mm-hmm. Always trust. That was why I mentioned that first. And it says we made a wrap for those who are new to rapping, don't give up. It might look intimidating at the start, but it is so sweet, juicy. <laughs> if you can persevere, it is. Uh, and there is support out there. There is support out there. You know, that is the reason why uh, we have sleek libraries. We have baby wearing groups. I know now that a lot of people are gravitating towards virtual groups. There are groups online as well. So feel free to ask questions. I, you know, I've always emphasized the importance of village. You know, it's very important for us to build this sense of community. I dread that feeling of isolation for some new parents who are just there feeling really isolated. This is something I have been through whilst I was relocated from one city to another, from the north, from Nottingham up north, felt really isolated. So I know what isolation, I know how isolation can feel. It's important for you to really ask for help if you're struggling, especially with your baby wearing. Yeah, and I do hope that you get that support. Yeah, definitely. I'm finding that a lot of the new mums who are coming to me now after obviously having the end of their pregnancy, giving birth and having a newborn in isolation now, there's a whole new level of anxiety because they have been in isolation and we are not meant to raise our babies alone. Exactly. Yeah. We're not. Um, And that's, yeah, that's going to be a whole new set of issues, as you say, but Hopefully now we can start helping people in person again um, and still keep everyone safe. But yeah. Oh, Busy, thank you so much for appearing on the podcast. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. It's been wonderful. Um, Where can people find you if they want to find out more? Lovely. So you can connect with me uh, via most social media platforms. The Joy and Joe brand. So you can, um, you know, on Instagram, we have the Joy and Joe Baby. On Facebook, Joy and Joe Baby. On Twitter, Joy and Joe Baby. On, um, so I'd say that we're on Pinterest as well, but I'll say those three social media platforms are our core platforms. And if you want to connect with me personally, um, in terms of my business coaching or some other things I do, my writing, my books, you can search on my main BC Oshinakor. And just put BC Oshinako Auto Coach and Speaker. And you'll find me on Instagram. I have an Instagram account for myself and also on Facebook. And lastly, those who are curious about my family, my children, about I occasionally share some of our special needs, special needs parenting uh, via Joy and Joe family accounts. So Joy and Joe family um, accounts on Instagram and on Facebook. Amazing. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Mother Rocker podcast with me, Lizanne Skinner. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Mother Rocker UK and on YouTube. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast, please send an email to podcast at motherrucker.co.uk. If you need help with carrying, I'm available for online and in-person consultations five days a week. 
please go to www.motherrucker.co.uk for more information. Busy once again, thank you so much. It's been lovely chatting. Lovely. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to be here. You're welcome. And I hope that one day I can finally make it up to your shop. Thank you.